Hello there. Welcome everybody to another episode of URC Unloaded, where we recap last week's what last weekend's action and look forward to next weekend's matches. And I'm delighted to be joined by Welsh legend Tom Shankler and the Scottish legend John Barkley. How are we, lads? Fine, mate. You in uh, you in base camp in Kilimanjaro or something? <laughs> so are you in a Trump. cave? Are you in a cave? <laughs> You, I think I thought you would be in a cave after Saturday, Shanks. I've never seen a man consume as much caffeine in all my life. Oh, mate, mate, mate. I had the reverse effect. <laughs> Methinks yeah. we did too much. Mate, you look like a corpse at 10 o'clock at night. I was night. so tired. I was no, so tired. We got to get him after a couple of beers. He was utterly miserable. Was, was I didn't want to go. Beer, I didn't want to go. Unbelievable. And then John was pushing the face. Yeah, we had to, we had two beers and then went to bed. Very, you were, very John wanted ball. three. John wanted three, and I said, I said, no, John, no, you've had enough, mate. You're going a bit tipsy. You, it's all. It was story time with John. He couldn't stop telling <laughs> stories to everyone. I said, we need to get you back now, uh, John. Um, did you sleep when we got back on Sunday? I did. We've got to give background. We had a we had a four a.m. taxi ride. So oh I got no God. sleep. Shanks messaged me, slept 11 in the morning till three in the afternoon, was it? Two, two. No, it's, it's low. It's loads more than I got. Yeah. I've never seen Shanks eat more as well. More calories. How much you weigh this week? Oh, God. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous, Shanks. You the had Hoover, a man, you had a Wagamama's, you had three donuts, oh, you had 20 mate. chocolate fingers, you had six oh, packets yeah. of buffalo... Um, whatever those crisps were. I don't, mind, I don't mind a chocolate finger, Stevie. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There was some bad grubbing going on. John was eating all his buffalo crisps. Tito. You saved a donut. That's how tight you are, right? One, you won't invest in like proper <laughs> podcast equipment, sound, and a speaker. And a second, you, you took a donut, you put it in a bit of paper, <laughs> and you took it to your daughter. <laughs> Took it home for his daughter for a dessert. Unbelievable. Well, oh. that, that actually backfired on me because of, when I was driving, I stopped the donut in. And of course, it was a filled donut. So when I got back up the road to Belfast, I realized that I had like cream all down my shirt. Oh, was so, that the reason? Absolutely. That's the reason. Yeah. yeah, yeah the donut. That's the it was the donut. Anyway, the car park. Anyway, we'll move on. Lads, uh, as always, we have a guest on URC Unloaded this week. We have Scottish and Edinburgh player Grant Gilchrist. Grant, if you can hear us, how are you getting on, big fella? All good. How you doing, lads? How's things? Oh, we're good. Good, we're good Grant. Is, what's that Enjoy bear skin you got behind you? you... Yeah, I don't Lovely. know what that is. I should... I've just come away. Just got the kids to bed and uh, raced away to the front room. So We were uh, trying to discuss what story you were reading. Yeah, what was it? What did you read tonight? Go the, uh, the boys are obsessed with Stickman at the minute. Oh, <laughs> it's a good one. Stickman. Good one, yeah, yeah, big man. It's, it's a bit early for the Santa Santa references, but we just got to embrace it. You can tell go go big house in it, go go. Sorry, Grant, did you get away on a bit of a holiday after the Rugby World Cup? Um, we did, oh, we ended up going down south, seeing catching up with my missus' family, uh, down there, and a few nights at a hotel, but. Um, the kids were the kids came out to watch a couple of games and my message back and forth, so no one was that keen to to go away again. So we had a few nights. Nice... Dubai, no, you didn't head over to Dubai. Son yourself. No. That's what that's what John Barkley usually does. Brings yeah, the kids well... out of boarding school, gets over there. 
it's a, diff it's a different world in Barclay. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you, got mink, you got a mink throw behind you or something in the picture. No, that's not. That's, all, that's just fake, man. That's it's cool. Look, you can see the big, big open windows though. He lives in a very uh, nice part of Edinburgh. This man. Just, this is just a. This all fake. A humble dwelling you're in, Gilco. Yeah, it's all fake. Just a let's get the, roof over the head. Let's get the rugby. Uh, good to see you back. I think it was Ryan too that you, you got out against the Lions. Um, just a bit on getting back in with the lads after the World Cup, sort of meeting a few new faces as well. Obviously, a new head coach. How's it been getting back in with the boys? Yeah, it's been good. Um, loved getting back in with the boys. It's, it felt like a long time. It was a long time. Um, I think we finished up the season April, and then to get back in a couple of weeks ago is, is a long chunk of time to to be away from you know your your day in day out, your your clubmates that you're used to seeing seeing all the time. Um, obviously a bit of change at the club, but a lot of stability as well. It's more um, in terms of assistant coaches being the same and or or similar, and um, it's been refreshing to have a new voice in, and uh, I've been impressed by Sean the first couple of weeks. Um, and yeah, like it's uh, when when you have a disappointing World Cup as as we did, I was always quite keen to to get back in and get back playing and. I love playing for Edinburgh um, anyway, and uh, so I, it was. It felt like a good amount of time off, a couple of weeks just to reset, and then to get into a new season and a kind of exciting time with new coaching. And uh, yeah, it's it's been good to get back in. Just touching on that ground about obviously last season under Mike Blair, it was very much go out there, throw it around, try and score more points in the opposition. Oh, you try to do it every week, don't you? But like, you know, go out and be free flowing. Um, has there been a change of mentality or attitude with the new coach? Is it more a pragmatic game plan, or what's it been like since coming in and working under him? Yeah, we're trying to find a bit more of a balance. I think we don't want to lose our attacking intent. Like a lot of the good stuff um, that we had under Mike. Um, it has to stay. I think just we spoke a lot, and Sean's big on the grey area in the middle of the pitch. Um, we lost most of our turnovers, um, and and you see most of our penalties in that area because we we tended to strike from um, from our own half. Um, so th there's a, a slight shift in our game plan um, in terms of still trying to play like that, but not not just keep playing if if we get. Two three phases, we don't have momentum. Then we're looking to to kick options and um, to kind of grow that side of our game as well. Contestable kicking um, and getting getting counter attack ball back to our back three, which um, is going to be huge for us. I mean, you look at the the quality we've got there. If we can get a kicking game that that gets poorer kicks back to to Blair, to Dewey, to Darcy, um, Boff, Wes, then. Um, that's the kind of game that we want. We we want these guys in broken field, and uh, I think yeah, improving our kicking game and kick cycle work is is going to give us those opportunities. That cat in the background, Gilco, house cat. Well, <laughs> so we started on the the dog after the the, the World Cup preseason where the dog walker lost the dog. Oh no! The uh, uh, boys came and helped me find the dog, which was. Which was nicer than but I got nothing but shit for the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the time about my dog. Gilko, what's it like? Uh, I've been on both sides of it when you go away. Uh, the boys do five months pre-season 
which is a long piece. I know you guys did a Scotland one, but obviously you had games in amongst that compared to them. You do they do five months pre-season, then the Scotland lads come back, um, get involved in training. How how do you handle that? Because I know the guys might not know you're one of the kind of your nickname shinners stand all over people at training. One of the most one of the guys you stay away from at training, all over your malls, all over your in touch games. Is it easy to fit back in, or the boys are boys a bit like uh, oh, give, give another few weeks before you're back? Nah, I'm actually I'm further down the pecking order now. I think there's a few boys rivaling me for the. <laughs> that's a, that's how you show you care, John. You know, that's, just, no, that's, that's one of the love you show for your teammates. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm sure they um, they might have. Yeah, it's, it's been that long that if. Been uh, looking forward to to getting my uh, my banter back in the in the club for the first five minutes, and then they probably want rid of me again. But um, no, nah, it's good. it's been good to be. It's like you say, those boys, you got a feel for them. The five month preseason, um, certainly this the the first few months of that must have been tough in terms of you know just so so long away from my game, like that they they must have felt a little bit like they were training for training's sake. Um, but you know that that was the situation they were in, and and they, I think they've handled it well. They they kind of done shorter blocks and got a bit of time off, so it was kind of three weeks three weeks on, week off. So they kept it fresh. But I know they're they've all been itching to to get to rugby and and felt like um, you know really hungry for it. Because you came back a little bit late from the rugby World Cup, then the season started. Have you found yourself like on? on any like shit committees of like laundry or, or like <laughs> laundry. You know, is there a social committee is there a food committee like how, how does the makeup of the squad no we've, not, we've had that before actually it reminds me we need to we need to get the social committee up and running because yeah. that's yeah. the that's the one that everyone volunteers for at the start and then takes absolute dog's abuse for whatever they organize and then uh, always fades away as the year goes on but um we do the, we definitely something in the diary for getting everyone back together. It's always a, a good time to, to get social in. Christmas. What's it what's it like as a it was um big shift from uh, my old mate Cockers to, to Mike Blair. Um not just in the way you play Cockers <laughs> culturally as well as yeah. a big they're two two totally different um personalities, two totally different ways of doing things. There's been a lot of a lot of change. How different is it again to to the new coaching setup, or is it kind of uh, in the of Mike? Yeah, it's not. The, I'd say there isn't a big shift. You know, the, those are probably as big a shift as you can get in terms of um, two head coaches. Um, <laughs> that you know, and and the reality was Mike wanted a lot of things that that Cocker's installed um, in terms of the hard work and the discipline and. Um, being able to keep those things was was a big part of what Mike wanted to do, and it's I think it's it is a, it is a hard thing because you know what's you know what's like it's finding that balance of of kind of leadership style of culture. You you want to have elements of discipline, but you want people to feel comfortable being themselves, and um, it's certainly you know we we're not. I'd say culturally the club isn't any different to what it was under Mike. I think just more a bit of a shift in terms of a game plan, trying trying to um, 
not not be more pragmatic, just be better at our, our, kick, our kicking game. We I think we were the team that kicked the least last season, or certainly were up there with the team that kicked the least. So it's finding out how how we can use that that's that game to or that area of the game to to make her better um which which saw parts of in the first two weeks i think um we obviously made made i don't know we're going to go on going at the weekend but we made so many unforced errors at the weekend you can't win a game of rugby um i think we showed in in parts again like what we could be um but if you make that many errors you, you aren't going to win no matter what um no matter what happens just on that game last weekend, obviously looking uh, to Connor coming to visit you guys, it, it seemed like the first half last week you just couldn't get anything going. And as you rightly said, it was due to unforced errors. But is there something in your game that you always go back to if things aren't working? That, you know, if, if things aren't going well in the first 10 or 15 minutes of Connor that you revert back to, do you know you can get back into the game? Or as you chatted about, is that more from the kicking side of things? Yeah, I think a bit of both. I think at the weekend we we had the ascendancy when we when we went to the mall. Our, our scrum was powerful. Our mall was good. Uh, we got penalty advantage. We got um, yeah. We it's maybe something in hindsight when things aren't going for us. You know, we dropped a couple of balls and, and lost a couple of first base strikes. You know, maybe we should have mauled in hindsight. Um, it's a wonderful thing, but if we had maybe went to the mall a bit more. Um, we could have played off advantage or got a bit more territory, um, which is something we struggled with. We seemed to be in our own half a lot of the time, even though I felt like we we probably had ascendancy and set piece. So that that'll be big again this week um, if if things aren't going for us. But again, um, you, like you mentioned and we've spoken about it a bit already, like being able to go to there and and to get other opportunities back from that kind of kick cycle work um, is another good thing. If if things aren't quite clicking. You know, we saw the, the towards the back end of the game when when we got some loose kicks back from Leinster. Um, what what guys like Blair and and Dewey can do. Keep you any longer. Thanks so much for your time, and just to let you know, you're the only player that ever knocked me out in a match. So congratulations on that. Um, and uh, best luck for the rest of the season. <laughs> that must have been a while ago. We need to get a round of applause. <laughs> What's that? Big John, Andres, big, big John Andres gets yeah. up. Big John uh, Andres always used to tell me that. Oh, you, you Ferris hates you. You knocked him out in a game. He hates you, mate. He always says that. You should hear what he says about you. Yeah, well, I, to be fair, it'll be on. It'll be one of my very few tackle breaks in my career if we're, if we're classing it as a tackle break. <laughs> Thanks again for coming on. Appreciate it. No worries, lads. Catch up soon. Cheers. Thanks, Rob. Cheers, you yeah, yeah, mate. It was good, lad, John. You obviously played with him for a, a number of years. Um, a hard big fella, like, isn't he? Yeah, proper. Yeah, I joked there. He's he's um, he's clumsy. I remember we did a session with Scotland, and he'd been, you know, that you put the, these lads put the bibs on. They've not named the team, but these lads put a bib on, uh, and it's the team. And he he'll go out there, and I remember he just got in wreck sessions. Not because he was being arsed, just because he just is he's just fully on all the time. And he um, I don't know, you know, he almost signed it too long. He had a lot of injury problems. Uh, remember when Paul O'Connell was there, and yeah. his contract fell through because he did his hamstring. And Gilko was the kind of the guy that they brought in 
off the back of Paul O'Connell's uh, recommendation, and, and it all fell through. And he's one of these guys. When I think of Edinburgh rugby, I think of I think of him. He must have had opportunities to move on, but you know, he really he really loves the club. He's one of those guys that really cares about it, wants to, wants to move it in the right direction. So, yeah, mate, good player, really good player, really hardy, uh, tough bugger to, to play with and against. Imagine him and John Davis, the centre, in a room together. They're the deepest voices ever. We're going to go with the Ospreys versus the Sharks to start with, okay? Now, this was, right, well. it was a good start. It was a good start by the Sharks, and they end up scoring. They break down the right-hand side, and it's a, it's a nice interlinking play, and they've got the Ospreys on the width, and they end up scoring, and they come out of the blocks really, really fast. But to be fair to the Ospreys, they got themselves back into it. There's one thing the Ospreys have struggled with so far, and that has been the start. And they get a little bit of luck uh, with a Max Nagy try because um, the Sharks break their defence. But as uh, Jens van Rensburg went, goes to put the ball through, Max Nagy does an unbelievable job. He's like a goalkeeper and ends up stopping the ball, picks it up and runs halfway down uh, the pitch to score a try. So they did well. It wasn't the greatest game in the second half because no points were scored. But the Ospreys did enough in the first half to just get themselves out in front of 19-5 lead. And that was enough for them. They defended really well, though, in the second half. And that is massive positive, I think, for them. Um, they sort of sacrificed their home game, if you like, to move the game on the road. Um, you know, when you play home, you're comfortable you're with your surroundings. You've got more support. And they sort of, they took a bit of a risk in moving it to the stoop. But, I have to say the conditions weren't great, but it paid off because for 40 minutes, the game was good. And for large parts of the second half, I thought their work rate in defence and the turnovers were very good. However, what's going on with the Sharks? Because Mate. they looked ordinary. Mate, they always the do. Half. Not always. Well we, we, well, we spoke about this uh, during our marathon uh, commentary session the weekend. This is the team that I think I have them as my dark horses, or they're going to kick on, and they just don't—I don't know—they just—they're just so underwhelming. In the, in the years they've been in the URC, they've got yeah, they're missing a load of guys, but even when they come back, we don't see enough of them to say oh, they're going to be competitive or they're going to be—you know—you don't expect them to knock off Leinster, you don't expect them to knock knock off the top size in the league at all, even at home. Unforced errors were, were massive. Yeah. Like I, that was shocking. Like just losing the ball, forward passes, balls going down. You, I know conditions weren't great, but you just you don't expect it for a team in this league. Do you the Ospreys playing? Yeah, Glasgow. They play. They got Glasgow at home, so. Okay. That is going to be a huge test because we wait for you, John, to touch upon Glasgow and the Stormers because you are our Scottish pundit, all right? That's it. That's it. And th that, this is why we pay you the big bucks, mate. Guilty. Is to, to give us a lowdown of Glasgow versus Stormers. I just remember this is a podcast. Yeah, you didn't remember last week. Um, mate, they were good. It's bizarre. that They actually... Um, like like the Ospreys game, no points scored in the second half, and it was the second half. It was no points, it was pretty average. But Glasgow are looking really good again. Yeah, they lost to Connacht. We'll talk about Connacht in a minute. I think Connacht are going to be a real hard team to beat. You know, we've only seen them at home, but they they look the real deal this year. But 
Glasgow fronted up up front. Their mall was good. Um, Johnny Matthews scored another try for mall. Sione Tupilotu was class. Um, he, he was, for me, probably the guy I expected the most from from Scotland at the World Cup. And Scotland didn't hit their, their stride particularly well. But he and all the guys, to be fair, who have come back from Scotland into that Glasgow team, you know, they're not mumping around, being slow to get back up the speed. And I think they know enough in, you know, Franco that if they don't play well, he doesn't, he's like, you're not playing. And he's showing that he'll change the team week in, week out. So, yeah, I, I was impressed, impressed with Glasgow, a little bit disappointed uh, with the Stormers too. Stupid yeah. yellow cards. Uh, your mate, Evan Roos, got yellow card at CV and Dweba, um, two of the most experienced players and uh, unnecessary Simbins. So, um, yeah, I mean, didn't learn a lot from the Stormers, but I think Glasgow, Glasgow you know, on, a, on a pretty decent start to the season all in all. John, question for you here, just on the centre partnership. Stafford McDowell, unbelievable last yeah. year, captained Glasgow for a bit. Two Palatu playing 13. We've seen him play 12. Hugh Jones play 13. What do you think is possibly the best partnership? Uh, I mean, Hugh, Hugh and um, Sione played together with Scotland and... Um, they were awesome in the Six Nations last year. I, I think we've, for one reason, we've not seen a huge amount of them together because of um, injuries. Hugh Jones has got a toe issue. Do you ever have a turf toe? Yeah. Ever have that? Oh, savage. So he's got that. So I think he's, he's like going to be <laughs> It's like Gower, King's disease. Is it? I think I've got that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know Franco really likes Stafford and he's there week in, week out. He fronts up. He's a good leader. He's a big lump. He's six foot five, and, and he plays well. So, yeah, if it was a knockout game, who would I, who would I pick? I pick Sione and Hugh. But I also know that if you put Stafford in there, you're not going to lose a huge amount. I don't think you probably just lose. I think Sione will play irrespective as whether Hugh Jones or him would play. So, um, didn't really answer your question. Probably just a you probably just lose an easy, like a, a better option to play a little bit wider with Sione there. Because of what he does, taking it to the line and mm -hmm. and putting it out the back. Not that Stafford can't do it, but I think he's one of the best. I think. Yeah, I think him. so. Stafford's got a good kicking game, left footer. Yep. So, um, it's great to have, mate. Like that's exactly what you want in your squad. You could because there's going to be injuries. Players are going to get called up, obviously, to Scotland. And someone like Stafford McDowell, who might not get called up, he might not be in the squad. These guys are the valuable ones because you've got access to them for the whole year. And you don't lose him. I put him in that bracket. I think we were talking about the weekend. Uh, Andrew Bishop that used to play for the Ospreys. Like yeah. That guy, just always there. Just always good. Always yeah. fronts up. Always plays well. You know, doesn't really go away with international setup too much. And, co and because of that, coaches love him. They're there mm. all the time. They drive the standards. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Yeah, but like I say, good to have those options. Franco has been good at actually expanding the squad without necessarily having the budget, but giving guys an opportunity and actually bringing them through by giving guys exposure to, you know, actual real meaningful matches. Yeah, well, Glasgow go back to winning ways. Um, Leinster obviously has, have lost one this season, but they put up a good showing against Edinburgh. Shanks and Barkley both picked Edinburgh to win this game, but um, <laughs> Leinster, a brilliant first 60 minutes sort of got hey, over the I, line. I we were Kathy. slightly disappointed, John, with Edinburgh in the first half, especially the amount of... The amount of terrible kicks there were and playing in the wrong areas of the pitch. Yeah, mate, they were poor. 
uh, Gilko, you know, fronted that up there. You make that many mistakes, you're not you're gonna struggle to beat anyone in the league. I just I don't know, I just thought this would be the game they, they would hit their hit their straps a bit more on attack. And it's one of those things, you know, you know, get get urgent before you get desperate. And unfortunately, Edinburgh were just desperate at the end. And that's kind of the only time we saw them play, you know, really impose themselves on Leinster, really go after it, just play what's in front of them, be physical. And and they look good. Yeah, Leinster would have switched off. Of course they do. When you're, you know, the game was dead and buried pretty much at half time, wasn't it, if we're honest? But they've they've got enough in that squad. They just haven't quite found um how they want to play. The tries were, were pretty disappointing. The mole try they conceded was really soft just after James Lang got them back into the game after you know a really good break by Blair Kinghorn. So um yeah, pretty pretty disappointing. I know that they've lost Hamish Watts, so he's gonna be out uh took a head knock. Um, he's going to be out, and, and Luke Crosby. They lost a few important players, but the try, the try by Bo Inventor at the end was that. That's like when Edinburgh play their best. They've got big, big, powerful guys, and don't overthink it. You know, play on top of teams uh, rather than trying to like they were trying to be so cute with their starter plays, and it just kicking the ball away, aimlessly crossfield kicks. Um, a bit of work to be done, but. Two, you know, two, two from three. They'll be pretty happy with how the season started. I think we talked up Ben Healy at the start because he had been good. His kicking game had been good, yeah. But he control. He was controlling games. The first two games Edinburgh had without, without Edinburgh really showing their hand too much. But Stevie, I think he was spooked at the start, like first time back in Ireland. Um, getting turned over, getting kicks charged down, kicking when it wasn't on under too much pressure. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not sure if it was you. Oh, I think it was you, Shanks, that mentioned that in the studio that he thought he'd maybe been spooked. Like, I'm not so sure. I just think he had a bit of an off half an hour, like in the first half. And he sort of like has this, when something's not on, his go-to is just to kick it. So like, if he doesn't have an option, he will just kick it. And Sometimes you just got to take it into contact yourself or just pop it off. And obviously a couple of those kicks get charged down, put him under more pressure. He started clearing a lot of balls in the second half with his left foot and just going long, uh, getting the ball as far down the pitch. I know they had a bit of a wind on their backs in the second half. But yeah, I think Lencer just put him under, put him specifically under a lot of pressure and went after him a little bit. Um, And... I think credit to him as well, Shanks, because he actually did play pretty well in the second half. And we've seen a lot of uh, people in the past that have, you know, hadn't had a good first half get the Shepherds crooked, you know, 60 minutes and get brought off. Uh, and he didn't. He, you know, he's seen it out. So, you know, fair play to him for that. But I, I thought Leinster were pretty workmanlike in their performance. You just look at the players that they have to bring back in, more or less the whole Ireland side. So they're going to be a dominant force to try. Um, good to see young James Colhan getting on the, on the, score sheet um a young guy who's got a, a bright future so uh we'll see how they get on but yeah i, I was delighted that uh, my prediction beat yours and, and barclay's prediction and um you, you yeah. need to buy me something uh, for that you're one of these you're one of these blokes aren't you stevie you're one of these blokes stevie that you know if the team lose and you score you're happy <laughs> that's what you like well you didn't get, you, stevie, you didn't get them all right did you you didn't get the ulster game right no, no, but a bit, like apparently there's a few Ulster players aren't happy with me, so I have oh. to I have to start backing them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't anyway. know why, mate. Honestly, yeah, no idea. 
Thanks. Talk to me. Scarlet's 31, Edinburgh, or sorry, Cardiff 25, and Steph Evans yeah, missed the tackle against Alid Summerhill in the first four or five minutes of the game. And I was like, oh no, here we go again. Yeah, big game for Scarlet's because they haven't won. They had two games in uh, South Africa. So this was their first home game, which was big. And I think the big thing for them was just wiping what had happened uh, the last couple of weeks um, away and starting again, starting refresh at home. Um, it's never nice going away to South Africa. And Cardiff score first. Um, it's actually quite a lucky bounce off Johnny McNichol's hand, which ends up in Ellis Bevan's hands, who scores a try. But they get themselves back into it. And Cardiff end up taking a 14-7 lead. And you're thinking, right, now this is going to get close. This, this is putting a lot of pressure on the Scarlets because Cardiff won last week. But fair play, they come back. Um, Johnny McNichol proving he's still got plenty of wheels and they shoot back down the left-hand side and he's able to get outside one of the front rowers. Just good, good vision, really, to see who's in front. Then they looked in good form then. And um, I tell you who played really well, I thought, was Gareth Davis. He scores yeah. one try, which is kicked ahead by... Um, Steph Evans just runs a real, one of those real good positive lines on the inside. And then the Fafita try was brilliant because he goes off the back of the scrum. There's nothing down the blind side. He offloads to Fafita and then Fafita's got a bit of work to do, just bounces off Tinas to Beer to go into the corner. And it was right down to the end as well, really, this game went because Cardiff um, ended up going to turn over and Theo Cabango goes... What, 60 meters to score a try, and he injures himself actually. Scoring a try hurts his shoulder, a bit like Steph, um, Steph, Sam Costello for Wales against the Barbars. I think he injured himself as well in uh, in that game. Uh, but I thought the Scarlets did well. I thought Johan Lloyd grew into the game as it got on and looked pretty good. I thought Gareth Davis and that, that combination we might see a lot more of now because Costello is going to be, I think, injured for a few weeks. So it's important that that relationship grows. Um, but they were good. They were good. Um, and they needed that win. I think they showed a, a bit more energy and a bit more level of desperation than Cardiff. One player, guys, I think we've got to look out for this year. Hopefully we'll be talking about him a bit, is Eddie James at 12. Looks good, looks big, strong, powerful. Um, and... He's he's quite similar to um, who's the other centre they've got? Johnny Williams. Johnny Williams, yeah, yeah, very similar. So, John, you're still a, a Scarlets fan, obviously playing there. Must be quite happy with that performance. You know, they were under pressure yeah. for large parts. Yeah, yeah, tough start to the season, and um, kind of not alarm bells going off, but not not far off. It's just how easily they were, you know, how comprehensively. They were dusted up over in South Africa. I still think defensively they, they, they're lacking a bit of intent and structure. But I agree. I think the two players that make a huge difference in that team is Gareth Davis and Fafita. Uh, mm. They give Gareth Davis brings so much, and he always has. They had a, arguably had a bit of a dip um, a couple of years ago. But he's back in. He's Wales first choice nine and Fafita as well. That they need those two guys playing. You got ball carrying, physicality and, and a bit of X factor from Gar. So good, really important, like you said, chance that they got get a win on the board at home. Um otherwise you're looking down the barrel of zero from three and that that's yeah, no one wants to be there. Yeah. 
well, they've got the Lions next week, so that put that home as well, which is good. So that sort of gives them a fair bit of confidence to that and try and get their season rolling. We also covered in the marathon Munster Dragons. Um, we were all pretty sure, Stevie, that Munster were going to win, and um, it came true. Yeah, it did. Uh, John talked about X Factor, and Calvin Nash has certainly got X Factor, oh. man of the match. Oh, Unbelievable, yeah. making line breaks, 10 carries in the game. Um, I get four or five massive busts as well. And yeah, Munster, with the players that they have to come back, Dave Kilcoyne, Tag Byrne, Peter O'Mahony, Keith Earls, Snyman, uh, which we're going to talk about on Friday night, live on Via Play when Ulster play Munster. I'll be on TV with David Wallace. And it's an interesting one because Snyman obviously has hardly played for Munster in any plays a, a, nearly a whole Rugby World Cup for South Africa, and now he's going to be out injured for a long time. And also, Joey Carberry is out. Seems to be a bit of a flare-up from his previous wrist injury. So, yeah, big talking points to come out of Munster. But with those players, and hopefully a, a fully fit Simon Zebo as well, well, we'll see him in the red of Munster over the next few weeks. But they were really, really impressive. Big Tomas O'Hearn in the second row. What an offload um, he gave to Dogbo, who, um, you know, I think it was Craig Casey that finished off that try really, really well. So that's another player to look out for who has been riddled with injury over the last year, year and a half. Big things were talked about him um, and then he sort of disappeared off the planet. But, you know, that's what happens when you're out injured for that long. But, you know, Munster under Graham Roundtree, Andy Kiriakou, um, you know, Prendergast, they'll, they'll be very hard to beat this season. And... Uh, they're, they're my tip to go on and win it. They are my tip to go on and win it. Oh. I, I think they've just got a bit of resilience about them. Um, Jack Crowley's going to be playing 10 for them all season, more than likely, now that Ben Healy's gone to Edinburgh. So they're a, a well-coached side and playing on a more ex- expansive style of rugby, which is, you know, I think everybody's delighted to see. Uh, but they still have that grit as well up front um, that they can turn to from time to time. But, yeah, again, Shanks disappointed with the Dragons, just really, really disappointed. Every time I watch them, I just, I, I think there's a performance that's going to come and then it just doesn't. It's, it's like it's like watching your, your kid in a concert, isn't it? You're just willing them to do well. You just, please, please do well. But, <laughs> you know, you, you get nervous. For them. I thought, I thought before, just before half time, um, when they scored, I thought at least they got some hope. But you can't have forwards just carrying five meters out from the line and just bundling over you know you, there's got to be an element of physicality there which you know they they were just they were beaten in every real facet of the game i tell you what stevie i was impressed with um tony buckley at 10 we, we knew nothing about him um tony butler sorry at 10 we knew nothing about him before the game and tony <laughs> yeah, the only thing quite well. That's where it came. But you were also impressed with Brian Gleeson. You know, we had to calm you down a little bit because yeah. I'm just you know, going to say you're making some noises. Unreal. So I was just going to say, Steve, you talked about you talked about being good. Yeah, yeah, a quality player. Um, I think I mentioned that Earls was going to be coming back. He's definitely not coming back. He's retired. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Brian Gleeson, um, unbelievable player. The size of the guy's head, it's like a breeze block. The size of his hands. His hands are ginormous. He is um, got brute force, really good ball carrier. Only 19 years of age, so he's still going to be on. playing in the under Is ginormous 20s. a word? Have you just made a word up? Ginormous. 
Is that a, word. is that a word? Is it yeah. a word? Enormous and gigantic. Back to school, Shanks. All right, fine. Anyway, yeah, think... he's a bloody good player. He's a really good player, and I think he could be involved this weekend again um, against Ulster. Uh, that'll be really good if he gets a chance, especially with the young guns. Um, uh, that uh, they'll be playing for Ulster, big Dave McCann, and just moving on to that Ulster game against Connacht last weekend. That's somebody who played brilliantly was Dave McCann, really, really solid in the back row. And um, yeah, you know, it was a tough old game down at the sports ground. Shanks, you were thinking that uh, Ulster were gonna gonna probably get the win after I think it was Dave Shanahan scored after half time, but fair play to Connacht, they came roaring back. It's just a blur to me. Just a, a blur of caffeine highs and lows. But it was a good game. It was um it was a game we needed after the the two we'd had before because it was close all the way. Uh, you could just see there was a there was a different level of pace and tempo and skill level and physicality that the other two didn't have. You know, one both the games before were dominated. This one was close all the way. And it was real difficult to call because Ulster took such a good lead um at the start and you're thinking right that is a that's a poor sort of 40 odd minutes from connaught how are they going to recover but i'll tell you how they do recover and that is my favorite player of the league so far um cahol ford like i I wouldn't say i love him but (laughs) there's a lot of lust in there and a lot of appreciation (laughs) for him Shanks, he, Shanks, Cal, Shanks, Cal Ford was playing for Corinthians last season, which was a, is a, is a just a club rugby division two B or something in yep. here in Ireland. So way down the leagues, and he's yep. come straight onto the scene now. Like, and he he looks like a cracking player. Yeah, well, like, he's he's Connaught's Jamie Vardy, then, isn't he? He's come from the lower leagues and he's yeah. stepped up to to that level, and he's so important to him as well because. And what we did, we tried it. I think we did a little bit on the top of the show about him, just how direct he is, the lines he runs. Um, you know, he gives such a good platform to Connor, and he ended up getting them out of trouble because he scored a try similar to that against the Ospreys, and he scored one against Ulster just off that line out, just looking for that tail gunner first defender hinge. And when he gets his legs pumping, boys, he's tough to stop. Connor, my, I think they're going to make the final. Oh, you're going to say dark horses then, but you've already used that, so you can't. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah I, I, I was going to say they're going to win it, but <laughs> maybe getting a bit yeah. excited. I love watching them play, like genuinely. Mm. Uh, I think yeah, their class yeah. play, the, the way they play, uh, the guys, come, they don't have a huge amount of guys coming back, but you know the guys that are coming back, you know, Bundyaki, Mark Hansen, you know, you hope Caelan Blade's injury is not too bad because he's, mm. he's on a different level at the moment. Because without him, I don't think they're the same team, but they're, they're the slickest team in the league at the moment. And not only that, they did it the hard way against Ulster. They just stuck to the gun, stick to how they want to play. Their handling's really good. They're real mongrel at the breakdown, which kind of always, you know, traditionally were. Yeah, I think they're real, going to be a real handful for everyone this year. What I will say is, is the fixtures have certainly helped them. Three games on the bounce at home. It's been kind to them. I, they have been some tough games by Ospreys, Glasgow and Ulster, but it certainly starts your season off well. You get the momentum rolling, you get the confidence rolling, you've got Edinburgh, then you've got the Sharks and Bulls away. So, fair play to them. I'm, in, I'm enjoying yeah. their rugby. What have you got next? Yeah, they've been very, very, very impressive. Good to watch. 
Um, I watched the Benetton Lions game at the weekend. Tina Delport was on commentary. Um, well, I'm not sure he was on commentary. He must have had a big many pints that he have barks on on Saturday night because I didn't hear him too much during the game. He was keen for a few more. When we left after two, he was gutted. So I think I don't know, I don't know how, how many he went on to have, but um, Benetton looked good again. I think. Um, yeah. they, they, again, the fixtures have been kind, but they look. They look the real deal again this year. And it's like, yeah, we've seen this from Benetton a lot over the years. You know, good start to the season, then drop off. But pretty impressed by them. What about Enben Kanye? What about Enben Kanye? What weight is this guy? He, he has to be <laughs> the biggest prop in the league. I looked up his bio earlier on tonight, and it said he was 120 kgs. There is absolutely no chance. More like 160. And he had a bit of an engine. I know he came off the bench, but he had a bit of an engine on him. Like he kept going. He also scored a try for the Lions. Um, but yeah, Benetton were were, were pretty good. Uh, it must be in your diet, Shanks, is he? Embin Kanye, the two Nando's wagon hammers, four donuts. Yeah, you're hammering me now. Like I had a Nando's. I had a Nando's pitta. You boys had the Wagamamas. I didn't have the hey, Wagamamas. You ate about fifty-five chocolate fingers <laughs> and a donut, and then well, you just kept you just kept eating. <laughs> it's like Augustus oh. Gloop. <laughs> you were relentless, Shanks. You were relentless. And so were the Bulls at the weekend, scoring 54 points against Zebra. Quick one, Shanks, just on Zebra. You said in studio that you think they're a team that definitely improved this season, but mm. surely, you know, they're conceding a heck of a lot of points even at home. Yeah, they are. Just when you think, you know, they they might be doing okay because the first two games they lost, but they got two points from both those games. So it didn't actually look too bad. But then the Bulls come to town and, ah, well, the Bulls are one of the best teams in the league, lads, aren't they? Um, yeah. And they can just, they can do you with pace. They can do you with power. They can do you at a set piece. Um, sometimes they might be a little bit off, but this was, there's a clear difference in class, especially in the way they attack. They're just so, they're so clever. And as I said, they can they can hurt you close. They can hurt you wide. They can hurt you on the rucks. Um, and they've always got that power to fall back on. So, yeah. Um, Shanks, where do we go with Zebra? Go on. I've got, a, I've got a question. Who wins out of Zebra and Dragons? Where's it at, mate? Neutral venue. I don't think it matters. I think Zebra would be dragons with a bit mm. to spare look you probably last year tries last year game. year before you'd probably say yeah uh the dragons will probably inch it but now i don't know mate i, I think it's a 50 50 at the moment um depends who's fit who's not fit but you wouldn't, you wouldn't put money on it it'd be that close no i'm with i'm with barkley i think i would Go with Zebra at the minute. Two or three weeks' time, it could be different, but we'll wait yeah. and see. Lads, we'll the dragons. So it's fine. lads, any rants this week apart from the early? Yes, the early. Yeah, I got one. Flight? I got one, and I know John back me up here. Um, <laughs> early check-ins at hotels. Oh so well, yeah, we got words. Oh, no, no, we got. I don't. <sighs> She's not very nice behind me. I'm not going to say what hotel it is, but. She she talks to you like the old woman out of the Goonies. Remember her? She's like scary like that, but she's a bit younger. Um, and we were, arrived at nine o'clock, not on air till three, just 
just asking on the off chance that room might be ready. And she said, no, you have to come back at, at three. And I said, well, you know, someone might be checking out early and the room might be able to get cleaned. And went back and forth, back and forth. And then she said, come back at 12. And I said, well, sh- should I come back in two hours at 11? And then maybe we'll have a look then. And she lost it with me. And I just walked off. And then John <laughs> arrived and I said, go and ask John about an early check-in, will you? <laughs> <laughs> she Any rounds, John? Nah, just that one. I've, I've uh... Uh, nah, no rants. I'm happy. This no, I got bit. another one. I got loads, boys. Yeah. Um, just having like, can we have sort of healthy snacks? Yeah, when doing TV. Yeah, yeah. you know, stop moving these plate of biscuits and chocolate <laughs> fingers and crisps towards me because they're just there. I reckon, it's 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 I reckon we can get you to 120 kilos by the end of the year. Then yeah. you could document your weight loss. You could make a bit of money that way. You could. I can't. Ask. I'm t- I am too vain. I go to the you gym. Be the next GM's Haskell. Could be a television series. Shred, shredded shanks. Oh, yeah. That's what I should do. I should plump fat, myself up fat the and thin. then bring a Christmas DVD out. I'd buy it. <laughs> Mr. Motivator. I have no, no rants this week, lads. I'm happy. Oh, what about your happy. white blood cells, mate? What about your white blood cells? You look ill again. <laughs> Poorly. Well, yeah, I'm going away on holiday on Sunday, so uh, I'll come back with a bit of a tan for next week. Antibiotics don't touch you anymore, do they? <laughs> no, they don't, you bollocks. Um, last man standing. We've been doing this the last few weeks, boys. What's Ben Egan got for us this week? Um, top 20 Ooh. most capped test players of all mm-hmm. time. John Barkley start us off. Richie McCaw. Um, George Smith must be Rory Best Ronan O'Gara it's not your turn again oh sorry Uh, Sam Whitelock Ronan (laughs) O'Gara good Paul O'Connell. Oh, he's out. Uh, okay, I can take this a bit more seriously now. Um, oh, Alan Jones. Ben Youngs. Hmm, interesting. Um, Jason Leonard. Got to be. Got to be. What? He's got most test caps at World Cups, doesn't he? Mm. Hold on. Oh, I shanks? thought Ben Youngs took his record. Um, Gethin Jenkins? No. What? Oh, I've sure? won. Well, I was going to go, right. is Kevin Mialamu in there? No, I went. Thanks, Lads. Congratulations, Shanks. Oh, Thank you, I boys. Think we're, what are we, week four? And I still haven't got a victory, so I'm bottom of the table, as are the Sharks. But anyway, we'll look ahead to this weekend's fixtures. Just a quick run through, lads. We're running out of time. Uh, okay. Zebra Parma versus Sharks. Ooh, Sharks. There's Zebra. It's in Zebra. 
Zebre. Yeah, nice I'm gonna go. Nice. I'm gonna go for Zebre. I heard John Plumtree in an interview this week talking about um, talking about the URC being the most important thing, and that the Challenge Cup didn't matter, and that the Curry Cup didn't matter, and everything was focused on the league. Um, and that was after three games with zero points. So, well done on that one, John. Uh, Ulster Monster. Ooh, Monster. John. Monster. Oh, I'm going for an Ulster win, of course. Uh, keep the boys happy, isn't that right? Oh, yeah. uh, Cardiff Blues. Or oh, Cardiff, Cardiff Blues. Not Cardiff Blues anymore. Cardiff Card- versus Bull Shanks. Stevie Toenails. Um, ooh. <laughs> I I think the Bulls were pretty impressive against Zebra or Zebra. I don't know which is which. Um, always breaks me uh, when I'm doing commentary. I'm going to go Bulls. I think they'll be too tough, too strong. Bulls. Yeah, too Bulls. Benetton Stormers. Benetton. 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 Ospreys versus Glasgow. That's be a good game. Glasgow. Hmm. Big win for Glasgow. You hate the Ospreys, Shank, so just say Glasgow. I don't. I don't at all. I'll go Ospreys. Toenails. Toenails. Chill out. Yeah. (laughs) Scarlets versus Lions. Scarlets. 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 Edinburgh Connet. This is the game of the weekend, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Connor. Um, oh. I'm going. I'm going Edinburgh. Caelan Blades probably going to be out injured, so I think that's going to have a big say. Uh, Dragons Leinster on the Sunday, lads, to finish us off with the URC <laughs> weekend. Who are we going for? My laughing shine. I feel uh, sorry for him. I feel really sorry. Like just when you want an easier fixture. You've got one of the best teams in the Northern Hemisphere coming, no matter what team they pick. Uh, Leinster. How can you not pick Leinster at the moment? Leinster. By a Leinster. Oh, all right, John. Chill out. Well, rounds it up, boys. Cheers for your time mm-hmm. on the Wednesday evening. Um, look forward to working with you over the next couple of weeks. Um, remember, everyone, you can watch every minute of every game live on Fireplay and tune in over the weekend and you'll be listening to us three so have a good one see you later Bye.